And as we turn there this morning, uh, we have been going through this series on journeys of faith, and we just really just got started into this series. And I've never done a series like this before. I've I've covered a lot of great Bible characters, and you know that the Bible says the just shall live by what? By faith. So listen, living a faithful life, it's, it's easy to say and it's much harder to do. Have you figured that out? Uh, living by faith and not by sight. So we're looking at some of these great characters and the reason that we call it journeys of faith is because that's exactly what it was for them, was wherever God led them, it was going to take faith in God to make that journey. And of course, the Christian life itself is a journey. And today we are looking at another one of these great passages in Genesis chapter number 22. And uh, we're not going to read per se the entire portion of of the chapter uh, to begin with. We are going to look at most of this chapter as we go through this lesson this morning. But as as we think about this this, uh, passage here in Genesis 22, I think about our lives and every day, whether you realize it or not, I think we, we express faith in different ways. For instance, uh, sometimes here's what happens. We go to the doctor, the doctor prescribes us some medication that we've never taken before and maybe a doctor we've never met before and we take that medicine, medicine you're exercising some faith because you don't know what that medicine's really going to do whether it's going to help you or not. Think about this one. How many times have you gone to an airport and got on an airplane? You know, thousands of pounds of, of metal flying through the air. Some pilot that you've never met, you don't know if he got his pilot's license from Kmart or Cracker Jacks or if he really went to some pilot school. And so you're, you're exercising faith in that whole process to get you where you're going. How about this one? Uh, you go to a, a fast food restaurant and you order food and you have no idea how that food's being made. I was at a restaurant one time, we were standing in line and I was, I was waiting to order and there was a guy in front of me, he ordered and I was watching, I could see from my angle, my vantage point, I could see them working in the kitchen. And I, I saw this with my own eyes. I saw the guy that was cooking the hamburgers drop one on the floor and I saw him bend down, pick it up, and put it on the bun. And so they, they brought that food around, and they put it on the counter to give to the guy in front of me. And I leaned forward, and I said, you don't want that hamburger. And he looked at me like, I ordered it. I just paid for it. And I says, you don't want that particular hamburger because that particular hamburger just landed on the floor of the grill area and he looked at me and he goes, are you kidding me? And I said, I saw it with my own eyes. And, uh, and again, a lot of times we don't think about it, but we're, we're exercising faith in different ways. We sometimes express faith in people uh, and we don't realize it. We don't think, we give no thought to it at all. But as Christians, listen, folks, it's easy for us to follow God's commands in our lives when things are going our way, when things are going well. But it's when oftentimes things, commands, and and things seem impossible, that's when our faith is put to the test. That's when things begin to waver a little bit in our lives. And Abraham was one of those guys that God had great plans. By the way, can I tell you this morning, you might not be Abraham, but God has great plans for you. 
God has great plans for all of us. And what God is looking for is men and women of faith like Abraham. Look what the Bible says in that great chapter, Hebrews 11, there in your outline about Abraham. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive, notice, not before, but after receive for an inheritance, what did he do? He obeyed and he went out, not knowing, again, there's see the faith, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange land, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city that had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now you look at that, those couple verses, and there's so many that you can find in Hebrews chapter number 11 where you see those words, by faith. Uh, they call that, that's why they call that the, the great hall of faith, uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. Now today we're looking at this one individual out of that chapter that we find in the Old Testament. His name is Abraham, and he was a great man of faith. Now there's two words that I don't know if you saw as we read those verses in Hebrews 11 in verse number 8. Look at these words. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was, what's that next word? When he was called. Now that word called literally means to be invited to. It's a word that, that deals with, with you know, uh, being invited on something. So in other words, if I could put it this way in modern day English, God was inviting Abraham on this journey of faith. God invited, God says, look, Abraham, I've got, I've got a journey for you. I'm inviting you on this journey. Now remember, God says he'll never leave us. That means that while he's taking this journey, he's not on this journey alone. You and I aren't either. God's with us every day, right? So as you think about this, God invited him, God called him, and so Abraham was called, and he, watch this, we, we all get what we call our comfort zone, right? Uh, you know, every one of us, uh, we, we have our, our favorite little spot, our favorite little chair in church, you know, we, we just get comfortable with things, and we don't like it when, when we get stirred up or somebody sits in our sacred chair at church, you know? Uh, Brother Adam has moved over here because his sacred chair has been taken, you know? And uh, Baptists are really funny people because there's no name placards on, and, and they come in and somebody's sitting there and they just look at it like, I can't believe you're in my chair, you know? But where was Abraham living? He was living in what the Bible calls the Ur of the Chaldees. And this was the land of his fathers. This was, you know, he was comfortable with it. We, we took a trip th this past week, and as we were gone and we were coming back, I, I, I'm still, after five years, I'm still trying to get acclimated to all the 826 and the 836. And, the, you know, I just, I'm trying to wrap my mind up how all these roads all connect. My wife had it figured out in a week. I, I'm a very challenged person when it comes to things like that. But, but Abraham was in a place and he was comfortable. And what did God say? God says, look, I want you to leave. Now that's, listen, folks, that's not an easy thing to do. That's just like me and my wife five years ago. God says, we've been in California for 12 years. God says, I want you to go to Florida. <laughs> We're like, I've never lived in Florida. I don't know anything about Florida. You know, I just know there's a lot of water. That's, that's one thing I know. And so God tells him, I want you to leave and, and so what does he do? He responds to, you know, now again, he could have said, well, I don't want to. He could have said, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not interested in leaving. Or this is a place that I was born, I was raised. And I went, my wife, just the other day, she told the story to somebody. She says she was on the phone and she makes it sound like it's a bad thing. She says, 
My, my daughters were all born in the same hospital. It was the hospital that my husband was born in. My husband grew up in the same. She makes it sound like it's a bad thing, you know, that my kids were born in the same hospital that I was born in. I think she's just jealous because she wasn't born in that hospital. I don't know. But, but here's the thing is, is, is Abraham responded with a heart of belief. Uh, he, look, he didn't question God. He didn't say, I, I don't want to. He didn't rebel against God. He said, God, if that's what you want me to do, then, then that's what I'll do. So he obeyed without delay, without question. And what God was going to do as he left there was God was going to test his faith. Now, if you go back, look back at Hebrews 11, look at verse 8 again. Look at what it says in the Bible. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, when he was invited by God to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, what's the next word? He obeyed. So look, he was called by God. He was invited by God. Some of you, maybe, maybe in the near future, God might say, look, I want you to come with me on this journey. Now, God might not be taking you to a, a specific city or destination. It may be something God's going to do in your life, and it's going to take faith for you to say, okay, God, if you want to take me on that journey, I'll go with you, all right? So listen, what was his response? The Bible says he obeyed. Now, that word means that he listened to God, he hearkened to God's command. In other words, he submitted, he says, Lord, God, I'll do that. If that's what you want me to do, then I'll do that. So he trusted God, and one of the things in his life was that we all know the story of Abraham. God promised him, because he didn't have any children, God promised him that he would have a son. Now, again, the Bible talks about that he had Ishmael, but that was not the promised son of God. And so as a result of that, God had promised him that he would give him a son. And again, that's just another step of faith in the life of Abraham that God would give him this son. So as you read on in the story of Abraham, he's on this journey and he's getting older and older and older. And it seems that it's impossible now for him to have a child because of his age. He's now 99 years of age. Uh, God reminds him uh, again of the promise that he made. Now, look, I, I, I'm not going to get down on Abraham because I think I'd be the same way. You know, that'd be like me saying, hey, brother John, you're going to have a son. He's laughing already. And brother John's not 99, you know, and, and that's the way it is in our lives. If somebody, if God told us when we were 99 years old, hey, you're going to have a son, we would laugh about it. So you can understand how Abraham felt. Well, not only Abraham, but, but look at this promise in Genesis 17. Here's what he says. I will bless her and give her a son. And he says, and, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. King of, king of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face. And notice, here it is, like Brother John, he laughed. And he said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? And shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? I mean, some of you ladies, can you imagine being a 90-year-old lady giving birth to a child? You know? And, and you're like, no way, Jose, right? But that's what God, that was the promise that God made. Now today, as we think about this, because finally what God did was, remember, everything that God promises comes to pass. God doesn't make false promises. The Bible says not one promise of God has ever fallen to the ground. God is not a liar. How many of you believe God will keep his promises? Okay. So he, look, 
Here he is, 99, his wife's 90, God promised them a son, what did he do? He gives them the son. And so we find today in this lesson that now, here he is, Abraham, his wife Sarah, they have this child, this son. The Bible doesn't really tell us how old in Genesis 22 that his son Isaac is at this time. Many believe that he was a young teenager. I've heard anywhere around 13 years of age. I mean, I'm not going to you know, argue with somebody, but he was not a very old uh, young man by any regards, but he was old enough to understand things. And so today we're going to look at, at, at this test of Abraham's faith and this journey. And the journey today is going to take us to Mount Moriah. Now the Bible calls it the land of Moriah and unto a mountain or a mount that God will tell him of. And again, even last night, going back over this one more time, I, I just am amazed every time I read Genesis chapter 22. Now, in the time we have remaining, I hope that God will use this in your life the way he's used it in my life. Because remember, we are to live our lives by what? By faith. So look at, first of all, this morning, the request from the Lord. And as we look at this, go to Genesis 22, and look what the Bible says in verses 1 and 2. It says, It came to pass after these things, meaning that there were some things that were going on, and so God brought Abraham to this point. Now notice verse 1, that God did, what's that word? Tempt. Now let me stop here for a second. Does God tempt us to do bad things? What's another word for tempt? Test, right? Or to prove. So look, again, you have to know if you're a child of God, God is going to try your faith. Did he, not, did he not do that with the disciples? Look, he put them on a boat, didn't he? And he said, I want you to go to the other side. You know what he was doing? He was saying, look, I, I need to increase your faith. Uh, there's a lesson that you need to learn. You came this morning, and hopefully God will teach you in your life that your faith. Remember what the disciples said, Lord, increase our what? Faith. Why? Because Christians, children of God, need to be fully dependent on God. Instead of trusting in ourselves. You're going to see that in this morning's message about how oftentimes we try to trust in self more than trusting in God. And so here's what the Bible says right at the beginning of chapter 22. That God did tempt Abraham. Look at it. And here's what he says to him. Abraham, and he said, behold, here am I. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son. If you're in the habit of underlining things in your Bible, you ought to underline that word only. Okay, now remember, he was the son of promise. The Bible says, take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering unto one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. In other words, you know, when, when we make uh, reservations, when we go on vacation or we're going to make a trip, we, we buy plane fare going to a certain destination and coming back. Um, we always know if we're going to take a trip, 
we're going to get in the car. Brother Kenny, he, 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 I get tickled every time when he go, takes the teens to camp. He's got everything figured out. And, and what it is, because you know Brother Kenny, he's, he's figured out, okay, where this eating place is, where this eating place is, where this eating place. Women, it's like where this, this uh, shopping mall is, where this shopping mall is. Brother Kenny, it's food places, you know. So he's got it all mapped out. Well, God says, look, you, you don't know where you're going to go. I'm, I'm going to tell you as you're making the journey. See, we don't know everything, do we? Uh, we? You know, we only know so much about heaven. God says, look, it's a matter of faith. You just have to trust me. Get in the car. You don't know the destination. He says, I'll eventually tell you. Are you with me this morning? See, all of this requires what? Faith. faith all right. So look, at, I see, first of all, a call to testing, how God again tempted him. And God again does not tempt us to sin. God what he's trying to do is God's trying to bring us closer to him. Think about that. Because, because of ourselves, because of the flesh, because of sin, what does sin do? Sin will separate us from God. So what God tries to do is he tries to increase our faith to get us closer to him. So that's exactly what he was going to do. Because he had great plans for, for Abraham God has great plans for you, and that's why he's going to test your faith. That's why he's going to try to get you closer to him. God will use circumstances to stretch your faith. Look what Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 7. The trial of your faith. The what of your faith? Trial. Being much more, watch this. This is how God describes a trial. It's more precious than of gold. Anybody in here think of trials that way? God says it's more precious than of gold. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So what happens is we see God making a request to one of his children. And it, what, is, what is it? It's a call to testing. And notice also it's a call to sacrifice. Because look at verse number two. He says, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. And look at these words, offer him there for a burnt offering. Whoa, stop the press. Folks, do you realize what it says? I want you to take your son and I want you to take his life. I want you to offer him up, sacrifice. Now, how many, uh, how many promised sons did Abraham have? One. And how many sons did God ask him for? One. Now, can you imagine the thoughts and the, the, the rationalization there? God, wait a minute. I waited till I was 99. You finally give me a son. I can't think of anything any more precious. Remember what Peter said? The trying of your faith, the trial. He says, This is my son, and you want me to to kill him, to take his life. And I see this, this call to sacrifice. God wants, look here, folks, he wants what's precious to you. But it's precious to me, exactly. Do you know who should be the most precious to you? I will have no other gods before me. God should be first in our lives. Anything that comes before God is an idol. 
and it was a call to sacrifice. Abraham has this one son. The promise had been fulfilled. Again, Ishmael wasn't the son of promise. Abraham and Sarah, they thought that they were too old to even have a child. God kept his promise, and Sarah, listen, certainly Sarah was well past the age of bearing children. And look what the Bible says about her in Hebrews 11. Go back to that chapter, look at verse number 11, through faith. See, even, even took faith on Sarah's part. She received strength to conceive seed, delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him, look at this, she judged God faithful, who had promised, therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the sea shore innumerable. So look, God gives this request. Now listen, folks, you can only imagine that request that God gave, what, what immense faith it took to be tested that way, and then to see God ask them to sacrifice. And listen, God says, this is what I want you to do. So notice, secondly, what is the response of obedience? Because God asked him to do it. And by the way, this is the point where all of us, God gives us a free will. And God allows us to choose. Now, I hope you know this morning that the best choice is always the will of God. Right? It's always what God's will. Remember what Jesus prayed, not my will, but thine be done. So here's... Here's where we see this, this response. Notice Abraham's immediate obedience. I look back in your, in your Bible, Genesis 22, look at verse 3. Abraham rose up early in the morning, and he saddled his ass, and he took two of the young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad shall go yonder and worship and come again unto you. Now, when I look at this, to me, it's an amazing thing here. Because I was looking at this last night. Do I have a map here? I don't remember if I put a map in there or not. Yes, no, there it is. I don't know if you can see that. See down, there's a little picture of Abraham there, uh, uh, Isaac. And Abraham, Isaac's carrying the wood, as the Bible says there. Notice that right below him, it says Beersheba. Everybody see that? That's where Abraham lived, all right? Notice above that, you see the word Jerusalem and see the dotted line? That's the journey that they would have made uh, here in Genesis 22. They would have traveled from where he was, the Ur of Chaldees, Beersheba, up, notice, uh, past uh, Hebron, up to Jerusalem, which is where Moriah is. And as they made that journey, actually, and it tells us that it was a three-day journey. Now, I went and did some studying, and last night I was going through this again. And if I'm right, it's 42 miles from Beersheba to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that uh, he saddled his ass, he had some servants with him, and uh, Isaac was carrying the wood... So you know they weren't moving that quickly. It's a three-day journey. The Bible says on the third day he looked up and he saw the place. Now that amazed me because, again, he didn't know where he was going. God just showed him. I don't know exactly how all that transpired, if there was some arrow that God had pointing down from heaven. I don't know what it was. But, but on the third day he could see the mount 
in the land of Moriah that God was going to take him to. Now, I just, I just, I even asked my wife last night, I said, you know, how, how many miles, because you know they're traveling by foot, how many miles do you think that they could have traveled per day? Because 42 miles divided by three is 14 miles a day. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good day. And the whole time you're thinking about verses one and two, where God says, I want you to take your son that you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. So you're thinking about that for three days. Can you imagine? And so every day, every step he takes, he's thinking about this. But I see an, an, an immediate obedience. He acts in complete faith. He was actually prepared to take his son's life. A lot of us have heard this name, George Mueller, and he did so much for, for orphans and for the cause of Christ. What a tremendous man of faith. I love what Mueller, I think I included this quote in your notes there, Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There's no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. Look at Romans 1.17. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. Here it is again. The just shall live by faith. So Abraham, in this journey, in verse number 5, here's what he does. He makes it to this place where he can see the mount. And he tells his servants, he says, look, I want you to stay here. He leaves all of his provisions behind. And he takes his son and they go the rest of the way. He's just obeying God, doing what God asked him to do. D.L. Moody said, I prayed for faith and it did not come. But when I read the word of God, then came faith. That's why the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, back in that day, they didn't have a copy of the Bible like you do today. So what was he trusting in? The words that God had told him. The words that God had said, look, I want you to go. I want you to offer your son. He was trusting God by faith. He was trusting the words of God. And so notice Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, here it is, he offered up Isaac. And he, he that received pro the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that, here's the best part, that God is, what's that word? Able to do, to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. You know what that means? That means that Abraham had enough faith to do what God asked him to do, and he also believed that if God had him take his son's life, that God could raise him up from the dead. That's what he believed, folks. That is faith. To do what God, listen, to do what would seem crazy to most people, or really to all people, and yet he was trusting the Lord. Not only, and I love this aspect of the story, but not only was Abraham trusting God, not only did he have faith in God, but remember his son, Isaac, Remember the story? Isaac says this. He goes, Father, we have the wood. We've got the fire. He sees, it, he sees in his dad's hand a knife. What's missing? The sacrifice. See, he was raised. He knew that you don't, you don't build an altar. 
You don't need the wood. You don't need all these things if you're not going to sacrifice something on that altar. And so he asked his father. He says, he says where is the sacrifice? Well, listen, to me, when, when Isaac laid himself down, you don't see him wrestling his son. He doesn't fight Isaac to make him lay down. What a beautiful picture Isaac is of Jesus. Because he laid his life. No man took Jesus' life. He willingly laid down on that old rugged cross. They didn't, they, look, they didn't have to wrestle Jesus down. And when they drove those nails through his hands and his feet, listen, he, he allowed them to do that. And that's exactly what Isaac did. Now, you know what that means? that Isaac had been watching his daddy and that Isaac had seen his dad have faith in God. This is a great lesson for parents, that if your children watch you have faith in God, they're going to learn to exercise faith in their own lives. And so Isaac developed a faith in and of himself because he was thinking to himself, hey, listen, if my dad's trusting God, then I'm going to trust God. And I see Isaac also having faith in God. He carried that wood and he, he carried all those things just like Jesus did. Look at John 19, 17. The Bible speaks about Jesus. He bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. So Abraham, he leaves his servants, he leaves his supplies, and he goes up to this place that God had told him to do. Now, that's another thought that I had as I was thinking about this whole passage was this. That if Abraham was going to worship God the way God intended. Now, listen to this. He left all these things behind. And if we as Christians are going to worship God the way God intends us to do, then there, maybe there's some things in our lives that we need to leave at the foot of the hill. Because those things oftentimes will keep us from worshiping God the way God has intended us to. Remember what God even told Moses? Take off your sandals. See, a lot of times I think it's things in our lives that become so precious to us that, that, that we kind of do check off our list that we came to church or we spent some time with God but really other things in our lives. Folks, listen, in my own life, even this week, I had to do inventory of my heart. God, am I allowing things or do I, are there some things I need to leave behind? And you say, well, listen, those are things that are necessary in my life. Again, that's where faith comes in, just trusting God. And I see an immediate obedience on the part of Abraham. But then notice also I see a faithful obedience in verse number eight. Look what the Bible says in verse number eight. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. So Abraham obeys God. He was confident that God was going to work in this situation. And, and uh, I, I love the thought. One of the great missionaries, uh, pioneering missionaries of days gone by was a missionary by the name of Adoniram Judson. And Adoniram Judson found himself at one point in his ministry, he found himself sitting in prison. And he, he was handcuffed. Things didn't look good. They weren't happy about some of the things that Judson was doing. And one of the other 
people in the jail. They, they knew who he was. They knew the work that he had been doing for God. And so they asked him in this conversation about the prospect of the heathen. Because they thought it was ridiculous that Judson was giving his life for these people that were heathens. And they, they asked him about, well, what, what now that you're here in prison? What's the prospect now, Judson, of, of the heathen? And Adoniram Judson, while he was in prison, chained up, here's what he said, the prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Remember how Paul was when he was in jail with Silas? Hey, listen, nothing's going to bind God from working. God's able to do the impossible. With God, all things are possible. And Abraham knew this by faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 again, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Look at these words. For he that cometh to God. Now, this is where most of us fall short. Look at these words. Must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means people that put their faith in him, people that respond. Listen, this was a test in Abraham's life. It was the trial of his faith. Some of you are going through things right now, or you will in the days ahead. Can I tell you that God will never do anything to hurt you or harm you but God is going to get you maybe to a place where you feel uncomfortable, you're out of your comfort zone, you're being stretched. And listen, oftentimes we think, God, why are you doing this? Because God's trying to bring you closer to himself. So notice thirdly, what's the result of faith? Well, here it is. We've looked at his response from the request that God made. And here's a couple questions that I thought about. People say to me sometimes, why does God try us? Does he try us to see how much pressure we can take in our lives? Does God test us to determine how strong our faith really is? And I think the answer is that God will test us. He'll test us to build our faith. God will test us sometimes so that God can, watch this, then use us, you and me, that have been tested as an example for others. And I also believe that it increases our capacity to have a closer relationship with God. Can you imagine how Abraham was with God after this incident? How much closer he was? Look at 2 Corinthians, I love these couple verses. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all what? God of all comfort. See, look at a couple thoughts here. When you think about faith, Abraham, what did he do? When God, when God made the request, notice Abraham prepares to sacrifice. Abraham was willing to do what God asked him to do, to give up the most precious thing in his life. It's just like God giving his son Jesus for us. I wonder in your life, are you willing to make a sacrifice for the Lord? Are you willing to do what God would have you to do? Or are you reluctant saying, God, listen, that's the only son I have. I'm not saying God's going to ask for your child. But whatever is precious to you, God may ask for it. Would you be willing to give it to God? 
or hang on to it. We need to prepare in our lives to sacrifice for the Lord. See, a lot of times when we talk about things like this, people immediately start thinking about money. But that's not the intent here. The intent is whatever's most precious to you. So he prepares to sacrifice, and then notice God provided a replacement. This is the neatest part of this whole story because remember what his son said? He says, where's the sacrifice? And I love the passage because as he raises the knife in his hand and he begins to literally take the life of his son, the angel of the Lord says to him, okay, Abraham, you can stop right there because now I know. See, God put him to the test. He was willing to take what was most precious to him in life. And God says, now you've proved to me that you'll trust me. See, it's amazing that God didn't have him take his son's life, but as he was raising that knife and God stopped him, they looked and the Bible says there was a ram caught in the thicket. He called the name of this place Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord hath provided. See what happens when God puts your faith to the test and you trust God, you, you faithfully obey Him, you obey Him immediately. You know what's going to happen? God's going to come through. God's going to provide for you just like He provided for Abraham. How many of you believe that? Remember, He is able, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. See, we say we live by faith, but are we really living by faith, God provided for Abraham and for his son. And God's provided for all of mankind. Hey, listen, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus. I love what John writes here, John 1.36, Looking unto Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. The, the, the gospel records tell us that taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus came so that we might have eternal life, and we can thank the Lord for, look, you know what Jesus did for us? He took our place, because we deserve to die that death. And I love what Peter writes here, look at, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Folks, there's no doubt, if you're saved this morning, you're a child of God, God will test your faith. He's going to put it to the test. And understand that as God does, don't get bitter when God tests your faith. Understand it is God working, and we need to respond with confident faith, just like Abraham did. And Abraham's faith to follow God, you know what happens? He gets to see the mighty hand of God. God's working in his life. God providing. Hey folks, how many of you like me, I want to see God working in my life. I want to see God providing in my life, but it's going to take faith when we're put to the test. God's still looking. I think, you know, his journey of faith was to Moriah. You know, you think about this folks, I don't know where your journey is going to take you, but I do know this, it's going to take faith to get there. You're going to have to trust God. And your journey is not the same as mine. None of our journey is the same as Abraham's. But I know this, God wants to take us on that journey. And here's a great example for us to follow. is a man of faith 
who was willing to give what was most precious to him so that he had God's blessing and God's power on his life. And I hope that's what you want for your life. Tremendous lesson from the Word of God today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for what you did through Abraham. And Lord, even his son Isaac, the servants, as he came down with his son, to prove to even to them that, that God, you came through in that situation. And Lord, I pray that you would help me and help all of us here this morning and help all of your children in this world to live our lives by faith and not by sight. And God, I pray that you'd use us to help others, Lord, that may be struggling when the tests and trials come. Thank you again for Jesus, who willingly gave of himself that we might have eternal life. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Lord.